are daddy issues mocked or fetishized when they're a byword for absent, neglectful, or dysfunctional parenting? By the girls on porn. You just know something's wrong, because why else are they doing it? It's usually daddy issues. Daddy issues is an umbrella, unsympathetic term for women who have a complicated or unhealthy relationship with their dad, often because he was physically or emotionally absent. In their adult relationships, girls with daddy issues are shown on screen or assumed in real life to be highly sexual, eager to please, and interested in older men. This place is full of girls with daddy issues, and I've got the penthouse sweet. For these reasons, they're desired, but also ridiculed, assumed to have no self-respect or to be annoyingly clingy and possessive. Daddy issues. I used to know chicks like this, they're tricky. You need a lot of protecting. When a child does have an absent or neglectful parent, this often results in an insecure attachment style, which is a serious problem to address and work through. So why is this something that, in girls, gets treated as either a turn-on, a joke, or a reason to write someone off as a hopeless cause? <laughs> Daddy issues. <laughs> There's a long history of men fetishizing women with daddy issues because it's assumed they automatically result in promiscuity and an overwillingness to please men. The only style of dancing that Uncle Mitch likes involves a big shiny pole and a broken woman with daddy issues. Meanwhile, this rhetoric diminishes and dismisses these women as people with value. Basically, the idea is that they're good for a low-effort one-night stand, but too broken for a long-term relationship. On the whole, in pop culture, the girl with daddy issues is depicted as a hot mess. Her life is apparently permanently derailed by the loss of her dad, and that sucks for her, but the story is often just using her as a side act for a more well-rounded character, or pitying her. You should know how difficult it is to cure a pretty girl with daddy issues. One of modern pop culture's best examples of fetishizing daddy issues is Harley Quinn, Joker's on-again, off-again girlfriend who's been featured in Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey. We know from the comic books that Harley's father was the reason she got into psychiatry as she sought to better understand his neglect and infidelity. As she begins her relationship with Joker, she turns this highly dysfunctional male into her new dad figure. Oh, come to daddy. Suicide Squad's marketing popularized images of Harley and her daddy's little monster crop top, pushing this as a male fantasy. It's not just the fact that she's played by extremely beautiful Margot Robbie, but also precisely her wild volatility and unpredictability that is seen as desirable, as it's code for sexually adventurous or experimental. You're a lucky man. Got a bad bitch. Blonde imbues a more tragic tone to Marilyn Monroe's daddy issues. The fictional Marilyn calls both her husbands daddy and is desperate for the approval of male authority figures. I couldn't imagine what to wear. You look fine. Are you sure? So again, the implication is that our culture's most famous sex symbol only fashioned herself as such a desirable figure because she craved her daddy's attention. But the result is a very shallow and reductive portrait of how a person with an absent father might act. Blonde essentially suggests that all of Marilyn's insecurities and future problems stem from growing up without a father, and that she's forever lacking in confidence and self-worth as a result. It portrays her almost as a baby in an adult's body, someone who remained forever infantilized because the lack of a father fundamentally arrested her development. Ultimately, this common pop culture understanding of the girl with daddy issues is highly one-dimensional and pretty insulting. Euphoria does a better job than most of exploring why and how our culture mistreats girls who show signs of problems with their dad. 
Cassie, who has textbook daddy issues due to her father's abandonment, embodies the hot mess archetype in the eyes of her peers. The guys in her school see her as hypersexualized and pursue sex with her, only to slut-shame her if she agrees. Her boyfriends push her into taking nudes or going on camera, but it's Cassie who gets the bad reputation as a result. All this gets in the way of relationships with guys who do respect her. In the first season, her serious boyfriend McKay defends Cassie against the critiques because he cares about her. But she's subject to some much worse character assassination that even McKay sometimes succumbs to seeing her in that light and treats her badly. Why oh, you gotta make everything so sexual? So in Cassie, we see both sides of this coin clearly, how she's fetishized as one of the most popular girls in school, but also demonized and publicly shamed as a notorious figure among her peers. Research has shown how attachment patterns developed in childhood can persist throughout our lives, and neglectful or dysfunctional parenting can often produce an insecure attachment style in the child. Daddy issues specifically are linked to one of three types of insecure attachment, anxious preoccupied, dismissive avoidant, or fearful avoidant. Cassie in Euphoria embodies the anxious attachment style, defined by a desire for intimacy mixed with a profound fear of rejection and low self-esteem. The show dissects how the root of Cassie's issues is being let down by her father. We used to visit them on weekends. He said he was coming. And then sometimes more than a month would go by. At first, he's very loving and encouraging toward her, but as his own addiction and financial issues overwhelm him, he begins to neglect her, just as she's entering her tumultuous adolescent years. On top of that, when Cassie goes through puberty, the other older men in her life start lusting after her. So again, she's let down by people who should be taking care of her, while confusingly getting a sudden influx of attention for her body. You really filled up. Sassy Cassie. <laughs> Cassie's anxious, preoccupied attachment style comes out in her fearful, over-eager approach to romantic relationships. She fell in love with every guy she ever dated. She didn't like to be alone. She gives too much of herself to the men she dates and ignores when they don't have her best interests at heart. So it becomes a self-fulfilling cycle that her relationships don't work out and confirm her worst fears that she'll inevitably be abandoned. She responds by being even more acquiescent to please her boyfriends, but then people don't respect her because it seems like she doesn't respect herself. She almost always said yes, even though it didn't always make her feel good. And she knew that most guys after she broke up with them would always share those photos or videos. This culminates in her cringeworthy season two behavior as she tries to win her best friend Maddie's ex, Nate. The worse he treats her, the more lengths she goes to get his attention, adopting an obsessive beauty routine, overtly copying Maddie's looks just to catch his eye, and offering to let him completely control her clothes and behavior. Aren't you afraid people are gonna look down on you? At least I'm left. In Cassie and other extreme examples, there's a sad irony that in giving themselves away, they're making it impossible for someone to love them as they truly are. Moreover, they're missing the fundamental truth that there's nothing we can do to make someone love us, just as there's nothing Cassie or the others could have done to make their dad stay or be more attentive. But it's this emotional fallacy, a subconscious belief that their dad wasn't there because they did something wrong or there was something wrong with them that drives the dysfunctional adult relationships. On the other end of the spectrum, the neglectful father can also cause an avoidant attachment style. You're going to cut me out? 
Well, kinda. Instead of manifesting as clinginess, a once-neglected child might act dismissive and emotionless to prevent getting hurt again. This is epitomized in the aloofness of Margot Tenenbaum, who was not only abandoned by her biological father, but also emotionally hurt by her distant adopted father. As an adult, Margot's behavior is defined by secrecy. None of the Tenenbaums knew she was a smoker, which she had been since the age of 12. She's emotionally distant from her husband and resists being vulnerable with the person she loves most, her stepbrother, Richie. Tragically, even when adult partners are supportive or trustworthy, a person with daddy issues who's developed an insecure attachment style may struggle to accept a devoted partner or actively seek out partners who treat her badly. You can't keep trying to rescue me all the time. They was trying to grab you. A lot of people try to grab me. In Forrest Gump, the abuse Jenny endures from her father as a young girl leads her to dangerous self-destructive behavior with a series of men who are bad news, while she resists getting close to Forrest, someone who does love her deeply. I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. It's also important to note that an absent father might not look the way we think. In you, Love Quinn's family background is pretty comfortable, and she doesn't experience any financial or physical neglect. But at the root of her family problems is that she and her brother felt her father to be distant. We're actually already in soft prep for a film we're trying to get going. He could pretend to care. Like, if he wanted to. Look from the female's perspective at how unhealthy behaviors later in life can stem from a dysfunctional early relationship with one's father that haven't been properly examined. In Trainwreck, Amy's father teaches her lessons when she's a kid that act as the origin story for her later hard-drinking, hard-partying, promiscuous lifestyle. Monogamy isn't realistic. Monogamy isn't realistic. In The Flight Attendant, Cassie's father drinking with her at an inappropriately young age also leads to her adult drinking problem. She may have fond memories of her dad, but it takes looking honestly at what was wrong with his behavior for her to break out of unhealthy cycles. Watching a lot of these stories, it's hard not to wonder why is it so often assumed that a woman with daddy issues can never overcome this and is basically doomed for life. Thankfully, more modern examples show their characters working through these past issues and understanding how to develop more healthy adult behaviors. Even Jenny and Margot make progress, though it's not really the story's main focus. Wilder versions of this character, like Love and Harley, also counter our expectations by proving their strong presences who are not to be dismissed. In You, while at first we might worry about Love as she comes into contact with serial killer Joe, it becomes clear that she too is violent, possessive, and unpredictable, so she can hold her own. Hey, Gil. Harley Quinn in Birds of Prey, too, finally gets a life of her own outside of Joker. Meanwhile, if we look harder, we can also find numerous positive examples in pop culture of women who had absent fathers and aren't defined by this. Is there anything that you need? I don't need anything from you. Some react to an absent father by taking on more traditionally masculine traits in themselves, like fearlessness, courage, and strength. Be brave. Live. Meredith Grey's relationship with her father is almost non-existent, to the point where she effectively denies that he's her father when talking to her half-sister Lexi. We do not have the same dad. My dad disappeared when I was five years old, and I never saw him again. Does that sound like the daddy you grew up with? But she has channeled this lack of parent into becoming fiercely independent and single-minded in pursuit of her goals. We can even see a similar theme across a number of Disney films, which often star heroines who lack fathers, or both parents, and have to fill the void themselves. 
Do you have daddy issues? I don't even have a mom. Neither do we. Rapunzel has no father figure and an evil false mother one, but she's daring and takes risks in pursuit of the truth about the floating lights that appear on her birthday. Princess Tiana is also fatherless, but is hardworking and career focused. Even Cinderella, whose father remarried after her mother's death and hasn't defended her against an abusive stepmother, finds tenacity, strength of will, and a clear sense of her values within herself. Kindness is free. Love is free. So, in the absence of an ideal father, or sometimes of either parent, these heroic role models can create an imaginary version of that figure, attempt to embody it, and parent themselves. Attachment patterns are born out of relationships with either parent, not just fathers. They can also be influenced by relationships with siblings, teachers, and anyone in a caregiving position, because effectively, they're about trust. You and your father are obsessed with each other. You're diagnosing me with daddy issues? To reduce this complexity down to a reductive, highly gendered concept like daddy issues removes all the nuance. When we look closer, we see characters who don't need mockery, but support, and some who have developed impressive resilience and ways to cope. We can all look deeper at how to address our deeper attachment issues, and no matter how many times we get it wrong, there's always an opportunity to reflect and change the pattern. I keep making mistakes and not learning from them. Thank you.